Radio Free Cybertron. Transformers. Rewind. Transformers Rewind is Dark Designs, because he's a smirker. They're playing our song, Megatron. Time to dance. The Predacons ambush the Maximals and seem to have them pinned down, until Rhinox uses some outside-the-box tactics and starts a rock slide that buries the Predacons. Optimus is hurt, and Rhinox steps up to organize the retreat while the Predacons are still trapped. Optimus comments on the impressive leadership skill, but Rhinox says it's not really in his programming. He'd much rather trail along behind and smell the flowers. There's only one alternative. Attack! We storm that position! Just where do we run, rodent? It shouldn't be this easy. No, but mustn't complain. Rhinox, shoot straight for crying out loud! You're missing him by a parsec! Close the file on Optimus Primal and delete. There's more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak. Megatron is also impressed by Rhinox and gives the matter some thought as he sits under a rock. Tarantulas captures Rhinox, who is bringing up the rear as the Maximals headed home. The Rhinoceros. I do believe I may have underestimated him. Yes. And I could find a use for someone like that. Tarantulas! Looks clear. Keep on going. I'll catch up. When he wakes up, Rhinox is tied down in the middle of another ridiculous Megatron plot device. The machine forcibly reprograms and repaints Rhinox the Predacon. The Maximals, having noticed his absence a while ago, are finally able to tap into Rhinox's communicator just in time to hear all the plot-relevant details. But Optimus doesn't seem too worried about it. Rhinox is now evil and has free run of the Predacon base. How could this possibly go wrong? Scorponok! Back on their side now? Gee, a guy can hardly keep track. What's he talking about? Uh, don't listen to him. When I slagged you and Bug Eyes, he was watching and smirking. Th that, that's a lie! 
Then how come you're looking so shifty all of a sudden? I am not! He's a smirker! <laughs> Mango! Rhinox episodes really strike me a certain way. And just like the low road did it in a really comedic way, this also has its comedic elements, but retains the serious quality with the escalating peril Rhinox is creating. And just the progression of how he's slaughtering his way through the Predacons is just... It really typifies the difference between Beast Wars and G1 for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of interesting things, you know, going on in, in this episode. I mean, one, it's, you know, just seeing Rhinox as sort of an evil version of himself. Um, I think one of the striking things, I think, is a big difference between, say, G1 and uh, Beast Wars is... Uh, you know, like, you know, the difference between Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal, you know, I think Optimus Prime would have been one of those guys to, like, you know, charge in there and we've got to find, we've got to save him. But Primal's much more contemplative and, you know, a little more thoughtful and he's kind of like, you know, hmm, evil Rhinox, that cannot be good for the Predacons. <laughs> you know, and so he's, he's apt to, like, get in position and wait for it really boil over before you know, charging in. So he's way more thoughtful. Uh, well, even though the rest way. of the troops want to, he's like, no, oh, yeah. let, we'll be fine. Let's just wait and see yeah. what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he totally calls it. Which is good. It makes right. him more of a leader. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, the thing is, is that Rhinox also gets it. At the very end, he's like, you know, he gets the fact that, you know, he's he's been changed and... That's not necessarily a bad thing for him. He's like, yeah, see, you know, you sh- I guess you should have thought twice about, you know, making me who I am now. <laughs> yeah, he's like uh, very comfortable in being evil. He's he doesn't show he never shows any sign of wanting to be turned good again. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's like, makes this sense because awesome. like he's evil. Why would he, you know, you let me out of my cage and now you're stuck with me, man? <laughs> right right up after he this, shoots like- Megatron's knees out. Yeah, and this even you know, and this comes back, of course, when you get around to like Beast Machines, um, and he becomes Tankor, and you know that is a whole different thing. But, um, but yeah, um, and there's a, there, well, there's a lot going on in this episode. Like rewatching it, I was reminded like how much is really going on here. Um, this was one of the first episodes where we had like a really big you know, fan reference. Um, I think that that the the gap between when the series started and they really kind of got into some of the lore um, as a reference to, of course, you know, the Insecticons and Shrapnel and uh, uh, the Generation One stuff. You're talking about the part where Waspeter kind of goes a little nuts and starts really yeah. Yeah. rambling yeah. out a, a buttload of stuff. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Um, it's also one of the first times that a fan is mentioned in Beast Wars. One of the first of the many references uh, that would come uh, when they reference when uh, Waspinator says he's uh, well, Black Retina says Waspinator's wacko. He says, "No, I'm Wonko, Wonko the Sane." Well, Wonko the Sane, of course, is a character from um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but it was also Benson Yee's um, 
it was his ATT handle, I believe, at the time. So, um, so that was a reference to um, to Benson Yee. So it was one of the first times that a fan was actually referenced. Of course, at the time, Ben was contributing to the series as well. Um, as a well, he was like the first person that uh, Larry and Bob found to <laughs> just give them information or whatever for the show. But um, but yeah, there's just a lot a lot going on. Um, in the episode on the side, but definitely an awesome uh, Rhinox episode. And it, I think one of the things that always strikes me is the end of the episode, where they're all sort of gathered around, and they're like, so what was it like being a Predacon? And, you know, Rhinox makes the analogy that was like being two gigs of attitude and a two-gig hard drive. And they're like, ha that's funny, those silly Predacons. And then it, like, backs up, and there's Dinobot. And it's like, <laughs> Yeah. Very friendly. You know, you got like, I mean, you know. For being you know a, a bunch of jerks. Yeah, really, it does. It kind of makes them seem like jerks. Like, holy yeah. crap. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. You know, looking at, like, um, in the past when we review G1 episodes, and you look at, like, how many characters in the episode, it's like 30. And, like, watching a Beast Wars episode reminds me how a small cast did this series so many favors. Because almost every episode, they take time and they focus on the character. And so this one really, it really painted Primal in a good light. It made Dinobot interesting. It made Rhinox scary. Um, And, you know, everybody, in fact, everybody was kind of in character and got a little bit of their spotlight. Even Scorponok seemed somewhat threatening in the big fight scene at the end when usually he's kind of played for laughs. Um, he actually beat somebody up. I forgot who it was, but he actually held his own. He held his own. So um, that's one of the things that I miss about um, Beast Wars. You get a little bit of it right now in Prime, but the small cast is um, a really great feature of this series, and you kind of see it in this episode. Mm-hmm. You know, the fight at the end of the episode really had a lot going on just by itself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's the Indiana Jones reference where Primal swing his swords all over the place and making the Megatron shoots him. But then it comes back around later and Primal cuts Megatron's arm off, his dinosaur head. Yeah. Which stays missing until the end of the episode. I mean, there, there was just a lot packed into that fight sequence all around the short time the machine was starting to explode. And, I mean, it's um, it's the typical Dinobot thing, too, where they're maybe just barely taking the advantage of the fight, and he wants to stay and try to capture the base. But Optimus, being Optimus, is like, no, that, that's a bad idea. This thing's about to explode, and they're probably going to clobber us afterward. Let's get Rhinox and just leave. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the great difference in thinking between the characters. Um and it, it, I really love the way Beast Wars is written, where everybody does have their specific personality that they stick to to go on with that. You know, you could really get a feel for who every one of them is. Um, you know, Scorponok, who is probably the least developed of any of the Beast Wars characters, you know, he got his moment earlier after he gets out of the repair thing, and he's sitting there explaining to Megatron what's been going on. He's like, I will stop and slam. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you just feel so sorry for him in that moment, and it's really great that they can do that. And then, as you mentioned, though, he gets the great, the the classic line in where Rhinox is standing between um, Scorpionok and um, Terrorstor. Terrorstor, and he's like, "Ah, he was standing there laughing at you. He was smirking, and ah, he's a smirker." Love that line. Single. <laughs> Uh, killer. Well, and, and it's you know, it's Rhinox's intelligence with all the good characters are trying to kind of deal with him earlier, and Rhinox threatened to turn him into chicken wings. So when Megatron orders Terrasaur to come after him, then later Rhinox turns like, "Oh, you're on their side again." Hmm. Use at this rate. Hmm. <laughs> He's really it- ignoring Scorpionok on the yeah. other side. I really love this episode. It's a great. Uh, I mean, it really is, it is a, great a great episode. episode. Yeah, especially hey, for that was, in the Beast Wars. What was Arnold's plan if Rhinox had not been turned back into normal Rhinox? Was he just going to wait for evil Rhinox to kill everybody and then go in and take care of him? I would assume so. It. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I guess the contingency plan would be to wait until the situation is weakened inside, and then try to reverse the effect of the machine themselves. So it's Although just evil Rhinox, like, gnawing on a bunch of corpses, and then they just <laughs> them off. I don't think they would have fared that much better against evil Rhinox. Than <laughs> they just would have left. They just would have made sure, well, there's only one life form in there. Pretty sure it's Rhinox. We're going to leave now. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll just we find leave well up enough and not alone, you know, because if he just hang, dis- yeah. dispatched all of the uh, Predacons and... He's probably going to do the same test, too. <laughs> you get the clues from Russian, too. If Rhinox had not accidentally stepped into the machine, he probably would have taken over the base all by himself. Yeah. 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 With a bunch of dead bodies around. Oh, what a, what a great kid's show. Oh, yeah. I this love is, that. I, oh, this, thing, this is why Beast Machines is a little bit more darker than the other versions of Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm not interested in taking over. I'm interested in killing everybody. Yeah. yeah, I do love the other thing though that Primal mocks Megatron in this as well. Yeah, he mocks it. Yes, <laughs> it doesn't take itself too seriously. They they definitely have moments where they can you know laugh at each other, and you know you want you laugh with them knowing that they are mocking that, and you know they just roll with the punches. It's great. <laughs> 